What's up, guys, and welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. It's your main man, J-Mac, here on this lovely Wednesday evening here at Sensibly Loud HQ in Dallas, Texas. I've got B-Easy with me here and the infamous Carl. Carl, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Brandon, what's going on, man? Not much. Welcome, Carl. Thank you Finally, very much. Good to talk to you. I heard you were in the studio uh, for the last bonus show that we had. I uh, heard you and J-Mac talking about a lot of things, including Whataburger. Whataburger. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Whataburger it is. Yeah, I never no. put an R in it, but yeah. No, I, no, but nobody does in Texas, but it always sounds like Whataburger. And to be so, and to be fair, I stood up for you, Brandon. I actually said that I think that we're in the minority of saying it correctly, right? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I definitely believe that the majority of people in Texas pronounce it Waterburger. So yeah, I I probably pronounced it that way when I was growing up and I was a kid and didn't know any better. No, absolutely. It's, I mean, my, I, I felt like I was, that was on repeat. Everybody was saying Waterburger, and, uh, you know, I had no idea what the hell that meant at all. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's just one of those things that I feel like naturally rolls off the tongue though, right? That's the, the issue with it. What a is, I mean, what, what the hell is what a? I mean, if you're <laughs> from New York, then it's really the opposite of water, which I mean, it writes itself. True. I, I mean, I, I imagine that everybody in New York and everything is used to saying Wawa and <laughs> things like that. So Wawa? Wawa. Yeah, no, the the Wawa, the convenience store of the Wawa, right? Oh, and right. Okay. Just, is that just New Jersey? No, I'm just making noises. I, I thought you were refer, like baby talking or maybe like referring to water in some baby-like form. I don't know. <laughs> no, that, that's that's a good point, I, which leads me to wonder how the hell they came up with the name Wawa for a convenience store. It's pretty good, but, though. It sticks in, yeah, your, sticks in the memory. It does. It does indeed. Yeah. Now, I'm, uh, I've never been up northeast, so never to your neck of the woods. We're going to make that happen. We've got to make that happen at some point. Yeah. No, absolutely. You're, you're into it. Girlfriend is into it. I need to go up northeast. Yes. We should just do like a group trip up there. That would be a blast. That would be a blast. I mean, you guys have walked the, uh, what, 16-mile days to, uh, yeah, I know, to explore everything. So, Well, you got Jimmy Midtown up there. I mean, you know, it's it's great. It's all kinds I of would music. like to see Jimmy Midtown. Yes, absolutely. I think, so we're going, I just, this is bre- actually breaking news. I haven't even told Ben and Sam this yet, but I found out today so we're doing the outfielder trip to denver here in uh at the very beginning of august the very first weekend of august that's right brandon's actually coming with us too and i'm pretty sure that jimmy midtown is going to be able to make it with us that's exciting yeah the ballpark there is beautiful you guys will love it i can't wait yeah brandon was researching some breweries and stuff like that today for us to hit in denver so i'm i'm stoked about that too I mean, like the area in the back, like way in the outfield, it's got all the vegetation and everything. It looks like a freaking state park. I mean, like I wish that some state parks in Texas looked that way. It is incredible. Man, so. looking forward to that. And I think Sam is uh, scouting out a place for us to stay, be our local headquarters, if you will. Uh, it's going to be pretty close to the ballpark. Yeah, the road yeah. headquarters. That's going to be awesome. 
Yeah. <laughs> Road HQ? Is that what that is? Road Road HQ is a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Jason keeps talking to me about wanting to open the San Diego office. And I was like, well, you're not getting a reload fee, pal. But, you know, if you want to go open it, you can. <laughs> no one's stopping him. So <laughs> we literally pull you guys in from all over the country. Like he can be in San Diego and do all of this. So I'm not paying for him to go out there. <laughs> it's a good movie. I feel like anytime uh, Jimmy walks into the room, one of us should play his theme. Oh, my God. Carl, you've heard Jimmy's theme, right? Theme song? Crank it up. Hold on. Uh, You guys talk amongst yourselves. Let me find it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. No, what are we we doing in Colorado? So we're going to go see a Rockies game. Uh, It's going to be Star Wars night, actually um and is so, someone is someone dressing up i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but is absolutely is the answer to that question yeah yeah justin's gonna dress up as a jedi no ben is dressing up we're going comfy clothes oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna make ben wear his uh military uniform so it totally doesn't make any sense that's good i mean i imagine that there's a jedi rank in the military yeah, so, he's, he'll basically say it's the best he could do to blend in as a member of the Empire. That's what you want to do is walk around and shrug your shoulders and say, it was the best I could do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's That's been for you. No, no it's good. Yeah. Send the bar very high. No, I uh, I, I mean, is anybody going to go get the Chewbacca mascot costume? I mean, I mean, he uh, he just passed away. So and yeah. in memoriam, you need to don all the fur wait a minute hold on didn't whenever we went to atlanta for sam's bachelor party didn't we go to a costume store and consider buying costumes carl oh we very much did <laughs> j mac absolutely i mean it was uh it, we were already going to surprise him for his bachelor party we had the plan to stand outside of his office of all places so you know nothing nothing says bachelor party like letting someone switch from the most hardcore of business personas to oh wait i'm gonna drink all weekend but <laughs> yeah. uh but it was uh for some reason we were talking about getting actual like mascot costumes and crazy costumes and things like that i don't know why one of us would have shown up in or two of us would have shown up in like the plug couples costume or anything like that which is a classic <laughs> but uh, we looked at all kinds of ideas though at that point. We did. I, there were some pretty creepy presidential masks. Oh. All of the presidents, which was terrifying. Well, it's a good point. There's not one presidential mask that isn't terrifying. So, I mean, did they think it was going to be a good facsimile of the presidential face? I don't think so. I mean, it is for Halloween after all. Right. True. I mean, Jimmy Carter scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's got to be something you can say at a bar. Okay, I Jimmy found that. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Jimmy Carter mask scared the shit out of me. All right, so I found Jimmy Midtown's intro music. And so uh, I think the best part about, well, we'll talk about it whenever it's done.
is someone supposed to beg to that? I I almost <laughs> almost certainly, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean like the late night talk show feel to it is just incredible. I love how the sax comes in at the very end with the applause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just the absolute yeah. sheer fact that I spent no less than like three hours trying to figure out how to use auto-tune on my voice to make that happen is just unbelievable. And it's just, once again, so long and drawn out for no real reason whatsoever. I mean, Jimmy comes on the show like twice a year. <laughs> yeah, no, and that is the reason why it's long and drawn out is right. because it's a celebration. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's just something yeah. we do. I mean, we have the whole piece of shit corner thing with Paul Ramham, too, that's just, you know, outrageously long and stupid. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's all over the place. No, it's very good. Now, the, uh, the, is there a porno-esque feel to the late night show music or Absolutely. is there a porno-esque feel to the Jimmy Midtown music? That's a good question. That's my question. That's, <laughs> that's a, good, a question. good question. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, uh, maybe that's why people watch late night TV. I agreed. But I I'm think, putting it together. I think to answer Brandon's question, though, we almost certainly have to have that play just about every time he comes in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the very oh, minimum, yeah. his very first entrance is going to involve that song. It's got to. Absolutely. I mean, and it's kind of weird if you don't have some kind of, like, you know, floor exercise, gymnastics thing going on next to it. Maybe some <laughs> some uh, ribbons moving around. Who's going to do the ribbon? Yoga studio. Who does the ribbons? Oh, yeah. Who does the ribbons? <laughs> is it Ben? Uh, I think <laughs> ben, ben or Sambino. I don't know. I feel like Sam would actually probably be kind of graceful there. He would actually commit to it. And that's exactly why I want him there. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. There's I love no question. So we were talking about before the show. Uh, Carl, you might have one of the best Sam stories that exist, right? Yeah. And, and Sam, forgive me, uh, which I'm like praying right now. Right. But the uh, the uh, best Sam story to display his uh, his love of all things driving is to explain his attitude while driving. And uh, I think that the only thing that can capture that is the fact that when we were in college together, that we were driving and it was 110 degrees outside and everybody was sweating balls was uh, was Sam stuck in a traffic jam on a road he lost his shit <laughs> calmly lost his shit yeah. which is a sam trait. putting it mildly lost putting it mildly yeah. and uh sam had been chewing possibly the largest wad of gum i've ever seen it was like something that size Big league chew, uh, like unhinge your jaws like a snake size. It was good. It was very good. And uh, he had probably chewed the hell out of that thing to the point where it would stick to anything. And he chose the top of the lady's car in front of him to mm. stick to. So, yeah, he, he pulled that nice big wad of big league chew out of his mouth because the lady wouldn't move in front of him. And he hurled that thing right on top of her Suburban. And, uh, and, and I, I don't, <laughs> this isn't an indictment on you, Sam, because I would have done the same thing had I been chewing a giant ball of gum like you were, but, uh, but yes, it was, it was a moment to behold. Sam, Sam is a, uh, 
a good driver, but he is also an aggressive driver. Correct. Yes. So he the, knows how to drive. It's kind of controlled chaos. It's always I mean, controlled chaos. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen the seminal hit movie, Tokyo Drift, <laughs> but I imagine that it's something like that kind of controlled chaos The Sam embodies every day. So, okay. So he, he threw it. Did he get out of the car? Did he stay in the car? No, he stayed in the car. He so back in the day like, we had, Hooked we it like Dr. J. Oh, oh yeah. Sky no, hooked absolutely it. hooked it like yeah, sky hooked it. And <laughs> and so back in the day we used to have a name for Sambino, and that was odd job. And the reason why we called him odd job was because it didn't matter where the trash can was in the room, he'd always sink the shot. So we're talking about <laughs> off the cabinets, behind the you know, behind the wall, you know, bank shot it. He, he was the kind of like dude perfect thing that you would watch on youtube today he had that kind of skill so uh lobbing a giant hunk of gum on top of a suburban was an easy task yeah so he he basically prepared his whole life for that moment i believe that i really do looking back at it i feel like every moment was training for that so that that definitely needs to be in the autobiography film of uh, the great Sam Bino, that that moment has to be in there. Yeah, I think so. People might write it off as kind of a bit moment, but uh, but people in the know will understand. No, it's got to be like Michael Jordan, uh, the beginning of Space Jam. You know, it shows him preparing his whole life for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the whole life is a montage. Yeah, yeah. yeah it okay, all leads up to. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so great. I was I practice throwing in trash cans day after day. I've always just yeah. wanted to know if whenever he hurled the gum, if it like made a thud on top of her Suburban, whatever it hit. It seems like it would, based on how much gum he was probably chewing. I think any normal human being would have been able to hear it, except for the fact that the horn was going at the same time. So that was, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, sure. it's, it's a one-handed operation. Yeah. And, and he devoted his right hand to the horn and the left hand to the gum. Yeah. And I think that's that's real takeaway here is how skilled Sam is at throwing gum. So I, it's impressive. It really is. It's 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 impressive. Good I mean, old odd a, job. <laughs> good old good old odd job. No. Well, like I don't. I how do those two things? How do those two things co like collate? Like, how does odd job transfer to him hitting every shot in the? Just is it just because it was always so bizarre? My first of all, yes. It was okay. the most bizarre thing. And then second of all, I think that we were hammered watching uh, Goldfinger. <laughs> and uh, and naturally, when Ajab is banking his hat off of 30 different things, yeah, you know, okay. to kill James Bond. All right. That, I mean, we were there. And that was that was the one to one comparison. Nice. nice. So. So like for point three seconds, my when you said. Goldfinger, my my brain went to gold member. That's fair. And I was like, I, pick, and all I could think about was the the legs. You know, when he just picks up his <laughs> legs and just dislocates them backwards. And I was like, oh my god. And then I realized what you were talking about. It just it took me just how a depressing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like to to be talking about Bond and have gold member coming. No, I'm just kidding. Gold member, <laughs> it was fantastic. I loved uh, I loved gold member, but we we uh, not we. The royal we. we, you guys had this conversation before about how uh, 
Austin Powers movies ranked. And uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take a hot take on this and say that the first one was the best. Oh, I know. I know. I'm not- I agree with you on that. Hmm. That's wow. I did not see any kind of consensus forming here, but uh, it looks like we're going to just gang up on JMAC. I will say that I don't hate the take because I think it was more organic. I think that the third one was way more star powered. Yeah. The third one had the most star power. The, I mean, sec- the second one was confused and upsetting, but yes. the third one was full of stars. I mean, Loved Danny that. DeVito showed up in it for God's sakes. <laughs> Wasn't Tom Cruise part of that as well? Like oh, yeah. at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cameo and everything. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty rock star beginning to the show. I definitely laughed my ass off of that. I just have never been able to get over the fact that he's mini me. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Is. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, looking back at it, you don't have a whole lot of options. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it was star stuff. I mean, that was the idea. I mean, it was Tom Cruise playing, you know, Austin Powell. What did Austin Powell, or was he playing his dad? I don't remember how that played out. I think I think Tom Cruise was Austin Powers. And I okay. think that was like the hilarity ensues kind of moment where you're like, this is not real. Yeah, and then Danny but DeVito was Mini-Me in that scenario. Okay, Mini-Me, yeah. That's right. yeah and yes. I, cannot, I cannot remember for the life of me who Dr. Evil was. Was it Seth Green? I'm sure. Was no. it? Oh, no, no. Seth Green was Scott. But yeah. uh-huh. Doctor, oh, you know who I think Doctor Evil was? This is going to be a callback. Kevin Spacey. Oh, I think you're right. Actually, <laughs> I think that might have. I think that might have been Doctor Evil. Which Kevin Spacey, if you're listening, boy, you had a good run. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of you kind of fell off the map for good reason. So yeah, no, that was. Uh, that was pretty great. I love that. But didn't uh, I mean? I, I don't mean to steal it from J Mac, but didn't didn't Brandon have some solid James Bond news after talking about Goldfinger? Yeah, yeah. So it's a good segue there. Uh, this was reported uh, a couple days ago, I think Monday of this week, that uh, Daniel Craig suffered an injury. Uh, they were in the final day of shooting in Jamaica before they go over to London and then all the other European countries for the rest of the shoot for the, the 25th James Bond film, which is uh, uh, scheduled to come out April of next year, 2020. And uh, there's been a, a few delays because they've changed directors and uh, now they got a really solid director who basically was responsible for, uh, you know, directing True Detective season one. Um, Kerry Fukunaga, he's really good. So anyways, uh, yeah, they were they're uh, recording in Jamaica and uh, Daniel Craig, who's like in the most fit shape of his life and he's 51, uh, was running in a scene and twists his ankle. And at first they just said ankle injury. So you don't know if he broke it like Tom Cruise did uh, in the last uh, Mission Possible film or not. And so, of course, as soon as it comes out, what happens? Everybody loses their mind, as uh, Heath Ledger's Joker says. So, you know, the the Mirror, which is a very prominent uh, British uh, reporting agency, and, and a bunch of others are just like, oh, yeah, you know, Mr. Uh, I should retire. You know, basically, Daniel Craig had this uh, thing where he said he'd rather slit his wrist than do another Bond film. That was right after he finished Skyfall and before he did Spectre. And, of course, somebody asked him, you know, what do you think about doing another one right after he finished rapping? And, you know, it's very grueling and demanding. So it's kind of like 
one of those deals where you just got done with a work trip and you just be like, you know what? I don't want to fucking talk about work. So, uh, you know, obviously it's the wrong thing to say, but ever since then people were like, just shitting on him for left and right and want to see Idris Elba, even though he's only five years younger. So anyways, you know, people are writing all these articles and stuff saying like how he's ruining the bond franchise and how, Oh, yet another delay because his pansy ass broke something or whatever. And then within 48 hours, they announced that, Oh, he only twists his ankle and he'll be back. He'll be back within the week. So they're not totally canceling production, you know? So I just get tired of everybody. You know, it's just, Everybody just calm, relax, smoke a joint, do whatever you need to do and stop just, you know, knee jerk reacting. I feel like that happens way too much nowadays. I think uh, I think the most important thing we can take away from this is that James Bond didn't have a dick injury, so he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like this is the exact type situation. Remember in European vacation, whenever Clark keeps hitting that biker and. He just couldn't be nicer about it, but he just keeps getting severely injured. It's like, oh, yes, the guy's got a broken, you know, oh, he snapped his leg in half. What a bitch. Why can't he get out there and start filming? Again? That's what it feels like here. That's ridiculous. That's I, like the, uh, ridiculous. I like the uh, take that, you know, yeah, OK, so he didn't want to do it. It was his last bond and then he got his injury. It's kind of like the old cop cliche, like I'm going to go on my last tour before my retirement and <laughs> yeah. then you get whacked. Yeah, you know, like it's it's not it's not good, but it happens. I mean, like this is a real thing where you're like, this is my sunset ride, and I get completely destroyed. So, yeah, I mean, God, poor Daniel Craig. But I mean, it's he had that coming, I guess. Yeah, I just feel like kind of to what Brandon said, like get off his ass a little bit. Like, what do we? He wouldn't. It, yeah. it, this isn't like sports where he can like you know, sign on to play running back and then get an injury and sit on the bench for the rest of the season. Like, right. Like the show does not go on without him. So it's not like this is by choice. This just drags it out longer for him, which must just, I mean, if you think about it from a, like a time money standpoint and what you're worth, I mean, that just draws this project out even longer. So it's in his best interest to want to get it done as quickly as possible. So I don't know why people are all over his ass outrage and everything that's associated with this is people have nothing better to do i imagine but the uh the actual get off your ass and do it i thought that he was kind of wackadoodle there for a little while just because he was like i'm gonna slit my wrist just like brandon said i'm gonna kill myself if i have to do another bond movie and i was just like wow that makes me root for you sir yeah like not that's great. fantastic yeah not not exactly his best PR man. No. So, yeah. <laughs> no. Guys, come see the new James Bond. I'd rather kill myself than do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, what are we doing place. here? But the thing is, a lot of people are like, you know, pontificating about, you know, Idris Elba and all this stuff. And it's like, well, he signed to five movies. You know, it's in his contract. So, of course, he was going to do one final one. And, uh, and two, you know, I feel like, in my opinion, Daniel Craig's the best Bond. For the longest time, for me, it was Connery. But uh, when it comes to what Ian Fleming, you know, wrote in the novels and everything, Craig basically embodies that. So, you know, I'm glad he had a good run because it's been from 2006 to now, which is a good chunk of time. He's definitely been the longest Bond that we've had or for the, the longest amount of time. But it's kind of like people are, are already shitting on this movie before we even see it. And, uh, hey, Tom Cruise broke his ankle, and he was out for, like, two or three months. That halted production, and look what they did. That was one of the best uh, Mission Possibles, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Was that Makes the newest? Was that the newest one? Yeah, Fallout. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen that one, but I plan to watch it. Actually, it's on my list of things to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Recommend. And I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. That's. I think that's the problem here. And I just I have a hard time getting past that kind of thing. We talked about that before. Yep. Um, what else have we got going on? Duh, 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 duh. Let's see. Well, I think no, you, uh, you know. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I, I'm trying to remember who the name of the bond was that Daniel Craig reminds me of before we jump off that subject, and that was. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. He was like he had a two hitter. I mean, that was like two. Oh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton oh, yeah. reminds me of that style of Daniel Craig Bond, where it's like all grit. You yep. know, I get that. I mean, like, and if you like Timothy Dalton's Bond, then you will love Daniel Craig's Bond. If you don't like Timothy Dalton's Bond, you're going to go fishing for someone who likes Daniel Craig's Bond. But I, I don't know. Like, I've enjoyed. Timothy Dalton's Bond. I bought the like giant oh, yeah. DVD set for the girlfriend because she is a huge fan, and uh, she uh, we haven't gotten back to the Timothy Dalton Bonds yet. But I remember loving those growing up, just because it was so different. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I think that's I think that's kind of the breakdown is uh, you either like that high grit, low technology Bond that beats the crap out of everybody and doesn't care what he drinks or you like the Roger Moore bond that, you know, when he jumps off a trampoline and things go boing, you know, but, uh, things go boing way to, yeah. Way to sum it up nicely in a nice little package. That was was very well said. Yeah. One thing that Carl and I were talking about the other day is the N64 game, Goldeneye. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yes. So uh, Carl, you were saying that it's, incredibly difficult right it's okay so i when i was growing up playing it and everything muscle memory was king i was all over that thing and uh i was one of those kids that would bring kids over to his house just to shame them oh yeah you know oh yeah and, totally. and just watch like <laughs> watch him cry yeah like just they'd march out of my house sulking but the uh but you know i played call of duty and things like that for so long and i go back to that game and it was like I was playing without some of my fingers. It was the most <laughs> outrageous thing. Like, I'm not going to go and say it doesn't hold up well because it's still a classic for what it was. Sure. Yeah. I, I will still play it and I will still enjoy it, but it's kind of like it's a museum piece. It's something you like go and you observe and you enjoy for when it was made, but you don't necessarily think, God, what a great game now. Like you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't put it on a pedestal. Well, so, and at the time we didn't know the difference between, I mean, that was great technology, you know, and it was that, fantastic. It's still not terrible. If you really look no, at it, that's why I'm not like shitting on it from orbit. I mean, like it's, it's a good enjoyable game i mean it's just one of those things i mean and plus it was golden eye for god's sake i mean it wasn't like you had to stretch and create a whole new plot that sucked you know i mean it was it was pretty decent from the get-go i mean pierce brosnan kind of crushed it you know on his opening movie so yeah but the other thing too what what really and i'm a huge gamer i mean i 
build a PC for it. Live in a house and we have like a theater room with a 110 inch screen. So what do we do after we first moved in a year ago? We brought everybody over for retro gaming, plugged in the 64 and played GoldenEye. And you course, go straight to it. Like, yeah, it looked like shit. On yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. A projector and everything. But uh, and then, of course, every time there's an explosion, like you're going like one frame per second. It's just oh, yeah. going all slow. But uh, yeah, I because uh, you did only proximity mines and then you blew the hell out of your entire system. Right. right? I mean, yeah. But like you, I was one of those guys. I unlocked all of the dossier folders. Uh, Absolutely. Double O agent got all the way up to double O seven mode on all of them. Unlocked right. all the cheats. I used to shame the crap out of anybody who came over, but yeah, I agree. It's one of those museum pieces, but yeah. Uh, and I'm sure if you played with Sam back in the day, he probably chose odd job to play as, didn't he? <laughs> I think, yeah, right. That, and that, maybe that's where it came from was, uh, Oh, that bitch picking on job. <laughs> Fucking no, there, job. We watched, uh, we watched uh, what we said, um, "Live and Let Die," the mm. other day, uh, and yes. and Baron Baron Samedi or Samdi or whatever. Yeah, Baron. You Samedi. know, yeah. That uh, I gotta be honest, Roger Moore, not not a great opener for you, buddy. No, like, <laughs> not good. No. no, it was outrageous. I would not recommend anybody go back into the Hall of Bond and go watch that one first. It was not the way to start. But uh, but yeah, no. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, mean, I was just going to say, um, gold, if you're not playing GoldenEye with the Moonraker laser and mm. only paintball and DK mode on, then mm. you're clearly doing it wrong. And I don't want to talk to you. Uh, I was always a big fan of license to kill mode with throwing knives. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's fuck always yeah. One time they die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had to hit them, is, though, or you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you could yell Kobe when it was relevant and you could. Uh, yeah you know, kill him from across the map. So pretty you good. You won't find me yelling Kobe. I'll tell you that much. No, I no. Might, I mean, sacrilege now, right? I might be one of the more ardent Kobe. I just think his narrative is overblown. So I might be one of the, the I I think I'm the most logical of the most of the bunch, but there are people that call him top 10 of all time. And that's out, unbelievably stupid. But anyway. J-Mac, instead of Kobe, who would you yell if you were going to make, let's say the best bocce or long dart shot of your life? <laughs> Perfect. That'll be a great segue because we're going to talk about that in just a second because we forgot to talk about that in the last That's episode. I was asking you guys. Yeah. Uh, probably LeBron. 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 Gron Bron. I love when Grenovo sign- signs his blogs as Gron Bron. I don't know why that makes me laugh. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one thing that we got into talking about and then we went off on a tangent about Weekend at Bernie's and John Candy movies and whatnot. That's fair. Uh, was the lawn darts and the bocce ball the other day first kind of not really nice day to be outside playing some outdoor games so let's talk about the genesis of the lawn darts thing shall we yeah let's do it so you and i were in colorado back in uh into january and we were all bullshitting about you i think you and i were bullshitting about like just crazy toys that that were a thing when we were a kid that aren't a thing anymore is that that absolutely Yeah, yeah that was the topic for sure so and uh, I know we talked yeah. about a wood burning set. Yeah, which I mean, every kid needs that. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and set it up in your living room, for God's sake. With a cord that was like four inches long. Right. I mean, yeah. you're you're not asking for disaster at all. No. Um, there were a bunch of others, but when it came down to it, one of the ones that we thought was 
outrageously dangerous but hilarious is the concept of lawn darts. <laughs> yeah, lawn darts are something where there was a failure at every level of development for that thing. I mean, like, you, you know, like, I, I don't know if there's like a tell-all book by like Horatio Londart out there somewhere that is talking about how, you know, it is the worst thing that he's ever created. But uh, yeah, when you're, uh, when you're developing a lawn dart, I imagine that you, you bring it to a committee, right? And you're like, this is something that is safe for children and for adults. Correct. And will be used properly throughout its entire existence. And what this yeah. thing is, is they're just basically like giant bullets that you throw yeah. <laughs> that you throw, and you're just trying to get in, into a circle or something like that, and they stick into the lawn. Absolutely. It's a stick with like fletchets in the back to make it look like an arrow. And then in the front <laughs> is the sharpest, heaviest, pointiest piece of metal that they could muster i get as you know what shit it was probably all lead back in the day almost certainly you know yeah so kids if you're not killing yourselves by impaling each other then go ahead and lick the tip of the dart but uh <laughs> yeah it was uh it was pretty bad um so when i was a kid uh, the reason this even came up was we were we were at my grandparents house over in south houston and uh, beautiful sunny south houston and we uh we were with my uh, my cousins, and my dad was like, hey, I cannot believe this. Look what I found. And I had no idea what the hell it was. I thought it was like something you used to stake in a tent because that's what it looks like. And it was lawn darts. My dad goes, have you ever played these before? I said, no. And instead of giving me like a three-minute tutorial on how to use lawn darts, he said, go have fun. And, uh, and my dad is a very smart you know, responsible man, but that was an absolute lapse in judgment. And I will call him on that every day. So he, uh, we, we got the, uh, the lawn darts out in the front lawn and we started kind of playing the way lawn darts are meant to be played where you stand opposite each other and you try to throw it into a circle, kind of like horseshoes kind of thing. Sure. And, um, which already, by the way, uh, not safe at all. You no. want to talk about throwing a giant weighted spike at someone else. That's not a good plan. No. But uh, but it devolved quickly into us throwing it up in the air and then running away, scattering from it. And, uh, and, and it, we did that about, I don't know, 20 times. En enough to the point where we didn't realize our own mortality because we were children. And, uh, and then my mom came out screaming, what are you doing? You know, because, and that was probably the perfect timing where she yelled, what are you doing? Smash cut to lawn dart implanting itself into the, yeah. into the yard. Yeah. The, or the know? kid just stopping and then it just goes straight through the head, you know, because right. they stopped yeah. to listen well, to her. What is happening? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were, we were talking to, uh, to each other about like lawn darts, what the most unsafe position for lawn darts would be. And it seemed to be the past. You know, like the the congratulatory, wow, you did a really good job. Here, take your lawn dart back. And yeah. it's like the the mid three foot just like instant spike to the sternum <laughs> that you would get by like just tossing this thing around. It's not it's not a good deal. I mean, like in the fact that they actually banned the sale 
of these things between people now. Yeah. I mean, the thing is more highly regulated than firearms. Like it's <laughs> it's intense. It really is, though. It's insane. No. You and I looked into this. No, I mean, you can do private sale of a firearm. You can't do private sale of a lawn dart. I would I would lose my ass. I mean, like, it's incredible. But these things so, were in mass production at one point in time. I think that's the hardest thing or the, the hardest thing to wrap my head around. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like when somebody brought it up, everybody gave each other like a high five around the boardroom. Like, guys, we did it, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, six months transpire and they're just like, people are dropping like flies. We have to do something. We got guys. We didn't do it. We got to get these off the shelf immediately. <laughs> yeah, we've made a huge mistake. But uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely one of those experiences that had I not actually gone, and now they're like two hundred dollars. I mean, like you want to yeah. buy a package of laundry? I mean, to kill yourself, you have to spend two hundred dollars for that. No, that's not only is that inefficient, but that's terrifying. So yeah. I, I I definitely do not support the. Uh, if there's a lawn dark, dark coalition out there that's trying to get these things reinstated, you sons of bitches. It's no. not going to go well, I don't think. It's not going to work. But, uh, Carl, yeah, no. Did I ever tell you about turn off or turn out the lights and fight? Oh, turn out the lights and fight. The, the greatest game of a generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going down to the basement and just turning off the lights and just start swinging in the air until you find somebody. What What is it with like, when you're with your family, I, I mean, and it seems like it's even worse than when you're with your friends because maybe there's like that kind of liability where your your parents will call the other kids' parents, yeah. kind of thing. Like when you're with your family, like the stupid shit flows. Right. I mean, like in every way possible. Like go play with your cousins. When I when I have kids, I'm never gonna tell them to go play with their cousins. I'm gonna no. tell them stay away from your cousins because <laughs> it's gonna. It's going to end up and turn out the lights and fight. <laughs> right. Like the cousins are always bad news. And I say that as a cousin to people, you know, like right. the cousin I mean, is always are. bad. Yeah. 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 When, whenever you get together with cousins, and that is that is like when you have free range and you're just like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah, I know I gave him a black eye. I didn't see him there kind of thing. And they're like, oh, Carl, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I mean, more than a little convinced that that has something to do with some of my family's issues. I, I really, especially the cousin, <laughs> the cousin department. That's where the breakdown happens. Yes. Huh? That's, that's good. More than a little convinced because I didn't get my ass kicked by swinging like a windmill in the middle of a dark room, but they sure as hell did. So what a, what a strat, what a solid strategy. Like just sitting in the middle of the room, swinging around like a windmill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be like that. Oh God. To, to, to be in a child's mind and think about like how's the best way I'm going to get contact with one of my cousins, right? Well, so and then, turn out the lights and fight. So then there's also the other strategy of nailing your like putting yourself up against the wall, right? So you're really really flush with the wall. So then the other yeah, person stealth. can't find you, and then you're just playing defense. Especially when that cousin strategy is to run directly at where they think you are. And so to get up against the wall and then shuffle about midway down the wall and watch them run headfirst into a fucking wall is just yeah. absolutely great. So so you've got the the stealth, you know, kind of you know, recon guy, you've got the whirly bird in the middle, and then you've got the juggernaut just charging through everything. Oh, there's all kinds of techniques. You all know what this is this is good. Yeah, what, well, what would his, what would his mode be? Odd job. Odd job. <laughs> He'd just be crouched low. 
<laughs> he'd be bear crawling in some way, shape, or yeah, form. Yeah, exactly. He'd be, he'd be kneeling, but not moving his legs. Which is actually not a terrible strategy. It's just a bear crawl till you find legs and then just take the legs down. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good move. The spear, like the DDP kind of thing. The only like, DDP. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem is you've got to be ready to like sprint to really take him down because when you find legs, you got to remember the legs are going to find you too. So that's like, true. I mean, and, and if you do like the untouchable thing where you're like, you know, punching and kicking at the same time, right? Kind of deal, oh yeah. You don't you don't want to run into that. That's a that's unstoppable force meets a movable object. You yeah. can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you stand a high chance to get a heel to the back of the head is what ends up. Happening. <laughs> yeah, the unintentional. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Or, or the uh, intentional, I think, though. Or the intention. Yeah, a heel to the back of the head. Again, another like write off when you're telling your parents. The, I, the, I have no idea how this happened. The point is, nobody wins. Turn out the lights and fight. That's just a given. <laughs> it's it's a war of attrition. I mean, you throw as many of your cousins as, as someone as you can, right? Well, I mean, I tell you for a fact that the the cousin that I have that won that game the most often is not a role model in any way, shape, or form. So, which checks out. That, yeah, that's true. Because that guy practices like guerrilla warfare type of thing. You know, like that guy isn't afraid of shit. Right. I mean, and, and he probably to this day has got like a trophy somewhere devoted to turn out your lights and fight. Right. Yeah. I, so that's, I, I that's the it. kind of guy I want to know. So bottom line is stay away from the cousins. I think is what this comes down to. I think that's fair. Yeah. The, the cousins are a trap. Don't do it. You know, don't go. Right. So anyway, so we decided to buy what is now law, modern day lawn darts or you decide to, to make that that plunge after researching the lawn dart thing further right yes which which are named jarts by the way which oh is God. something that happens in your pants when you're not paying attention like that's not jarts are not like a real good brand name no, so it's not you're, i don't care if it has history or not yeah you're no. you're 100 dead on there sir yeah, yeah. Jar, jarts in your jorts yeah jarts in your jorts <laughs> somebody copyright that no, yeah. Let's go ahead and write that. We one. should make a shirt. That, we should make a shirt that says that. No, we should get Ben to record. Be like, do you jart in your jorts? <laughs> <laughs> that should be an ad read. That was a pretty good impression, actually. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, we should definitely make a shirt out of that. And just, I mean, jarts in your jorts would be an incredible shirt to wear. <laughs> Absolutely. That was like my shirt idea for the the shirt that just said Aroid on it. Whenever Aroid got popped for steroids, oh, that's a good one. That was a like killer that. idea, killer idea. But I just uh, I feel like we didn't get the right. You don't get the same experience with jarts as you do lawn darts. I think I think that's fair. I mean, there I complained the entire time about there being a missing something, and yeah. it was the element of danger. Yeah, the lead, the six pounds in the front of it. Yeah, all of yeah, it. yeah. I, I it was it was something where it's just God, you know, you gotta you gotta watch where you're aiming those things. And uh, and no, this thing was just like this nice soft. It was almost like one of those old vortex football kind of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, little whistlers, you know, kind of deal. It was kind of like that. It was nice mm. and soft and plush at the end. And by the time we were done playing it, we were just kind of like, well, no one died. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like a positive shrug. <laughs> it was it was a positive. I guess I, I shouldn't treat that as a negative. Right. Well, nobody eh, well, died. That's a good thing. It would have been good content. Good content. Yeah. If we had to call 911 because someone had a collapsed lung from lawn darts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it, it would be. Uh, I don't want I don't wish this upon anybody, but. 
considering I do almost every podcast here, it's probably best that that was it didn't happen to me. No, that's that's fair. I mean, if we had to assign the n- numerical value to each person, yeah, you you definitely be high up there on it, the don't get punctured by lawn darts. Chart. In the game of jarts, anyway. In the game of jarts. Yes. Yeah. I, I also yes. love the fact that they were so afraid of the connotation of lawn darts that they decided to call it jarts, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. No, which I mean. That's, that's actually a good point. Do you call them larts yeah. for lawn? I don't know, but that's yarts. also yeah. Yarts makes more sense. I mean, uh, my the thing always got me when the, you're looking at the packages of like the the old lawn darts and everything was the uh, was the pictures that they had of the family having fun on the front of them. <laughs> oh yeah, oh and, yeah. And so it was like dad in, in like his striped polo and and short khaki shorts, and then child, and they replicated that look on the jarts. You know, that's fine, but it doesn't carry the same weight that a homicidal father has with his lawn darts on the cover of lawn darts. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's not something that I necessarily think anybody thought through at any level of that production. No, I really definitely agree with you there. It's it's the same type of picture that you see on like, you know, the box whenever you buy like an inflatable pool, you know, that kind oh. of thing. Yeah, they are so happy, aren't They're they? They're so happy, and that inflatable pool is never as good as that. That is. We should buy some inflatable pools this summer and just go lay in them for content. I don't I think know. That's a good move. Yeah. yeah. If we if we do the inflatable pool, and then uh, if somebody if somebody has enough real estate, uh, let's go ahead and erect an outdoor pool just to show <laughs> what everybody's missing. Yeah, the only downside to that is like the three hundred gallons of water that we have to use to fill it. That gets expensive. There's got there's got to be a fire hydrant we can tap. I didn't say that on the I didn't say that on podcast. Yeah, you did. No. <laughs> it's fine. Well, you know what Ben's gonna do? He's gonna build a freaking moat around his. God, I know. Oh, I like that. He is into <laughs> digging holes good. and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Well, I mean, well, first of all, you don't poop in the swimming pool that you erect. Correct. Okay. Hopefully. So you no. Well, that's actually a good point. <laughs> if Caddyshack taught me anything, is that you don't do that. Correct. But. The uh, the moat around the fully erected pool. That's a statement. What what about people that actually dig into their backyard to put the above ground pool underground? I haven't ever. That's s- a thing. That's a thing. That's I've a never thing. seen that's that before. Thing. Yeah. So that's that's like if you're gonna be what high, high class redneck, you know, maybe that's the way to do it. So you dig a hole, and you then dig you- a hole. And it's as deep as the above-ground pool. And I, I understand this is a very simple concept. But I just feel like I need to make sure I have the steps right here. That's fine. That's and fine. You, you have a giant hole, and then you put it down in the hole, and into the hole. And then do you, like, put stones and stuff around it, like an actual pool? Like, what do you do with is it? Or is it just, like, a shitty Jay, hole you dug? That's, that's a little bougie, don't you think? Well, I okay, mean, putting so, stones around... Maybe some the above cin- ground, underground pool. <laughs> maybe some cinder blocks. I don't know. Maybe some cinder blocks. Maybe some caliche. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're talking about like you know packed shale or like yeah. you know ash from some kind of reactor, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh. <laughs> I, I like the shale one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my go-to, man. But yeah, it's uh. Oh man. It, oh god. I know what happens. I know what has to happen. 
I mean, in like I like the idea of someone violating a water table and just having water flowing into the underground, above ground pool. Did I ever you tell know? either of you guys about my buddies who in college they rented a house? Well, it was, I think it was just post college, but they rented a house together and they had a pool. And so they they decided one night they all got hammered and they wanted to fill it. And so they turned on the water and then, you know, partied for the rest of the night and all passed out. And one of them woke up at like noon the next day and every water was just overflowing outside from the pool. <laughs> oh, my God. It yeah, cost like, them like a grand, dude. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But did someone like run outside and pray immediately because nobody drowned <laughs> in like the... I mean, like, think about that. Like, you're just like, oh, LOL, I'm going to fall asleep in the middle of this pool that's not really filled yet. You right. know? And no, they then, weren't in the pool. They just put the hose in there and left it. Right. I'm saying that's a miracle. Right. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I'm, call, I'm calling that shot right now. Like, yeah. that's that's special that no one was in there like, oh, man, it's so warm. It's so cool. I'm going to stay down here for the rest of the night. Right. Yeah. No, it makes total wake, sense. wake up floating. So <laughs> That would be bad. And yeah. my buddy told me he was like, I, he was like, I don't know what infuriated me more, paying the like thousand dollar water bill or whatever the hell it was, something like that, or having to drain the pool some because it was too, <laughs> too full. Well, that is the full insult injury right there, right. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like that's the kind of situation where you're having like, you're having to pay the water bill, and then you're like, this is too much water. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> This needs to go somewhere else besides where I could use it. Goodbye. Right. Yeah. So so one other thing that we got into then is we we decided that Jarts wasn't dangerous enough. So we jumped we got out the bocce ball set. True. True. Brandon, are you a bocce ball guy? Have you ever played before? <clears throat> no idea what that is. Oh man. Carl, do you um, wanna do the honors? Yeah, bo- bocce ball is the uh quintessential drunk white man sport. And uh it is several like melamine heavy balls that you throw to get close to a smaller white ball that you've already thrown and points are scored according to the proximity of the large melamine ball to this small white ball. Did I do a good enough job? It's perfect. It's a great explanation of it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. If you're sober while doing it, you've already lost several points. Correct. (laughs) Yes. We were drinking quite, quite heavily doing this it was great yeah it was great it was uh, fantastic it's just a great time to get outside i guess and just enjoy being out you know i feel like we spend so much just cooped up inside so much time just cooped up inside it was great to just be out there and enjoy it have a few drinks and and you know kind of start the summer off right yeah and and don't don't get me lying here i mean the bocce ball as a sport is available to all people to be drunk correct and play Correct. So I, I mean, like it is fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is definitely not selective in who it incorporates, but it is. It is fantastic. I love bocce ball with a passion, and I love the fact that there are bars that are incorporating it now into like their actual ambiance. Oh wow! Yeah, it, it's it's pretty fantastic, and and I like the uh, I like the fact that you it, it's full of not try hard. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's the uh, it's the lowest effort sport. It is. You just gotta kind of hurl a ball or roll it. There's yeah. def- several different strategies. Several different. Well, would yeah. that be would that be considered the lowest effort sport? Or what about at bars where you have the the little hook that you have to try and throw the washer? 
yeah, the washer that's tied on. Oh, Justin and I have had plenty of experience. Oh, God, have with we? With that, that sloppy washer hook game. Yeah, have we? Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, I can tell you for a fact that when you get it, it seems like a miracle when you want everyone to celebrate with you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah and nobody's enthused but you. It's the worst. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, it's such a hallowed victory because someone will walk over there and take it off and then just, you know, and then just put it right back on and be like, done. You're like, God damn it. That's yeah, not the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nobody, uh, nobody enjoyed that. But it really, also just robs you of an absolute W. It really does when someone just yeah. shows you up like that. Now, one of my yeah. favorite things, so whenever Carl and I first became buddies, we, uh, I remember one of the first things that we, we met through Sam, the great Sambino, and the first th- one of the first things that we bonded over was the fact that we were drunk as all hell in a bar at like 1 o'clock in the morning playing Nintendo 64. True. Yeah, we Mario Kart. Remember this? Mario Kart. I do remember that vividly, and that was interspersed between Ring Hook and... <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, because if, if you weren't on the system, there was little else to do. Right. Talk to people, that's dumb. No. Don't do that. No. no. Go straight to Ring Hook. And right. uh yeah, and so again, another thing where everybody is like having a blast on a real video game that is fantastic and a classic and you got a ring on a hook. Yeah. And you want to run around like helicopter style and yell at everyone and tell them how bad they are and how good you are. Yeah. It's not going to fly. No. Yeah. They won't have it. They just won't have it. Yeah. They won't have it. So one other thing we were talking about kind of before we came on the air, and so it kind of leads us to that. Brandon, we were talking about the time that you came to visit me in college, and I just so happened to get sick on like with a bad like upper respiratory infection like that Thursday <laughs> before you got there that Friday. Yep. yep. Uh, I'll let you kind of take the reins on this because it was an absolute shitstorm. Yeah, Justin was like, you know, yeah, come on down. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, it'd be fine. So I get down there. You know, I'm staying at, at his apartment, um, and we end up going out to uh, this bar, uh, this pub that was like the favorite place to go to there in College Station. And uh, so we're there, and eventually, like, his friends are all coming up. I'm talking with them, having drinks, having a good time, and towards the end of the night, I look over and Justin's just like pale white, just standing there, just barely like keeping his weight up. He's already had a a good amount of of drinks and shots, but he kept disappearing to the bathroom to just cough up all this mucus that's just (laughs) trapped in his chest, you know, turning colors, (laughs) you know, and so he's standing there and the place is packed. I mean, this was the year that I believe they had the Guinness 250th anniversary uh, on on draft, which was amazing Mm -hmm. because it tastes like nothing else like guinness um like the standard draft but so uh his friends were like you know let's let's do one more big shot before they close it's last call i'm like okay let's let's do some car bombs you know (laughs) and so i'm like i'll do two and everybody's like yeah i'll do two as well and i'm like well if we're doing two justin's got to do two we look (laughs) over and he's just looking like death he's just he gives that look when he's sick where his mouth's open he just looks up and i'm like are you sure you can do this and he's like fuck it just give it to me (laughs) let's go like like, put it out of my misery you know and so sure enough he did it but and i don't know how but we ended up making it home and man he he looked like shit the next (laughs) day so then but the thing was so that was like friday night and then the next night we got up and went and tailgated because we're uh texas a&m was playing 
OSU at that point because they were still in the Big 12. And they were playing right, them that weekend. And, yeah. yeah, and it was like two. It was like a 2 o'clock game or something like that. And so we got up at like 9 a.m. and went and started tailgating. And I was just drinking whiskey and coffee, like black coffee with whiskey in it. <laughs> right, because that's like the ultimate hair of the dog thing, right? Absolutely, um, yes. Have you, have you guys ever – I'm not taking anything away from – the victory that no, you had. But it was wild. The uh, Have you guys ever had Witherspoon's uh, cream and bourbon or bourbon cream? I don't think so. Can't say and, I have. Yeah, go ahead and add that to your coffee and thank me later. That stuff is is fantastic. I'm, okay. I'm not, I know you're familiar with like the Baileys and coffee oh, and yeah. things like that. But uh, Witherspoon's is a local distillery that okay. makes a bourbon cream. And mm. uh, hmm. if you ever have the hair of the dog moment that you're talking about, enjoy yourself while you do it okay so yeah we will that's, that's a solid plug Witherspoon's. love that yeah hit, hit up slm right now <laughs> no, yeah you owe us some money um <laughs> mm-hmm. no but uh yeah so we like drank all day throughout the game too and then every like brandon at that point you were just like dude you can't go out again tonight like you you look like i was just a walking corpse the entire weekend but yep. like at this point i was like we we just got to keep going, man. Like I can't stop. Like this isn't a this isn't this is more of a run out the clock type situation because when yeah. I stop, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, and so yeah, we just kept on drinking and we went to we went out drinking that night and we got to the end of that night and wasn't that the night that we went and bought all the like pizza and all that shit, yeah. Brandon. And yeah. yeah, and we got to the end of that night. We were like watching Seinfeld at my apartment at like three o'clock in the morning. This fucking guy over here falls asleep with a beer in his hand. And <laughs> and <laughs> I woke up. I, I basically I fell asleep in my chair for like two or three hours. And I went upstairs to my room. And then I woke up on like Tuesday morning at that point, And Brandon had left like Sunday after, like afternoon. And I was just dead to the world. I'd been dead to the world for like two days. I was so incredibly sick. It was terrible. Dude, so did, I, did, did the booze help you overcome your cold? That's a good question. Absolutely not in this case. Oh. Usually it, usually it would, but this, this was a case of pure fucking willpower is all this was. That's fair. Yeah, what were you going to say, when, Brandon? When I fell asleep, I, I fell asleep with a glass of Chimay Grand Reserve. <laughs> oh, well, that's what you want to go warm and, like, yeah. shitty in your head. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, that's the thing you want to wake up in the next day and be like, It was amazing. Well, I, I was laying on the couch, and, and my arm was off, and I, I still had it in my hand. Didn't spill that, it. Okay. Oh, you had it in a glass. In a glass. That was, oh, wow. That That's yeah. hard to beat that. That was, uh, but I, I, I maintain the point that if you tried to smell that the next day, like yeah. a Belgian triple isn't going to hold up no. uh, after after being a nice, humid, you know, college station heat. Yeah. So, Brandon, no, we, I, were, uh, we were talking the other day about the uh, the old college house that didn't have the back door and the one that someone vomited in my drawer and all that stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of assholes, man. But uh, do you remember the whole thing where someone pissed on our couch? Uh, yeah. Didn't they flip the cushions over or something? No. They, they like essentially I don't remember how all the nuts and bolts went down, but I got back from like a long trip or something and I was absolutely exhausted and some asshole wanted into my room for whatever reason. And I had my door locked and my buddy, my roommate was like, dude, don't fucking go in there. Like, he just don't <laughs> leave him the fuck alone. And that guy just went don't. into my living room, whipped his shit out and pissed on my couch. 
<laughs> what a statement. What an asshole. Was that a dominance play, do you think? Yeah, like, no, it's a wanna... fucking power move is what it is. But my roommate threw him the fuck out because my roommate was like, well, that's my fucking couch, too. So get the fuck out of my house. Right. And so yeah. uh, it was actually hilarious, though, because what ended up happening was we my roommate didn't know what to do. So he put the cushions outside and it fucking rained for like a day and a half. Well, I'll clean it off right there. Dude, it soaked through the cushion, like completely <laughs> through the cushion. And they dried out and they were good as new. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it healed everything. Now, I, I think the power the power play would have been to a certain dominance and pee where he peed. Oh, well, you know? probably so. I, I never sat on that couch again though. That's for sure. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, leave that for your guests. So we didn't live there long after that, but I definitely let other people sleep on it without, you know. That's not my problem. I, I, speaking of like you being sick and everything and drinking and like I I had a buddy that was uh, that swore he's this Mexican guy, right? He's, yeah. he's got he's from Mexico. He's got his family uh, telling him the best way to get over a cold is tequila. Okay, and I think to myself, this is a good move, right? Yeah, sure. this is a good plan. We're all going to get together and we're going to drink his cold out. So he mm. goes and he gets a bottle of a hundred percent agave tequila. Oh. And we, we sit down and uh, we plow through that bottle together, right? Just talking about everything. He's wiping his nose. He's sick as a dog. And he wakes up in the morning and he is perfectly cured of what? his cold. <laughs> and I, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm sick as a fucking dog <laughs> because I hung out with someone who had a cold the night before. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah, like, come on, man. Just give me a break. Yeah. And you got so hammered that you couldn't run that same play back. That wouldn't work that <laughs> no, way. I, mean, like, I think I even asked him, I was like, should I get another bottle of tequila? And he was like, yeah, man. You know? Well, like, yeah, of that course. That was the answer. Of yeah. course he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. This night brought to you by 100% blue agave tequila. Yeah. Like, oh, he was going to go ahead and run that play again. But, no, that was... uh that was that was a pretty eye-opening experience. I believe it. I believe it. Um, all right. So to change gears one last time here. Sure. You stumbled across something that is absolutely epic. And oh yeah. It goes along with something that we've been talking about in the show since the the inception of the show, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, d- I don't. I don't want to uh, kind of talk it up too much or overhype it. Oh, but, this can't uh, be over. Change everybody's life. Yeah, this can't be overhyped. <laughs> <laughs> There's no possible. So, uh, so, so Brandon, I, uh, I went and uh, and did some recon on our favorite movie that we haven't seen, and okay. Rent the Kid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the greatest movie that has not graced our presence, and. Uh, so I found something. I was looking. I was looking actually to figure out if it actually had any awards that it had won, right? Okay. And I'm not going to tell you that they're all throwaway, but they're all throwaway. They're all useless awards. That's not what I'm here to tell you right now. What I'm here okay. to tell you is that it spawned a sequel. <laughs> God. Rent a kid. Rent a kid spawned a sequel, and that sequel is called Family Plan. And it has Judge Reinhold in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and unpack this for you real quick. 
family plan is not something you ever want to type into Bing. Um, <laughs> oh no! <it's, laughs> it, it, it will uh, it will give you everything you never wanted to watch. You will be binged. Um, but the uh, but the Judge Reinhold thing is something that I I feel like we can all get behind. What a get for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, it might be worth watching. Yeah, I, I mean, and so the whole thing was that, uh, you know, Leslie Nielsen reprises re his role oh, wow. as his uh, as his rent a kid self, and uh, and the whole point is, I think someone dies, and then he tries to con them out of something. I don't know. It make, it doesn't paint Leslie Nielsen in a great light. Does it but, ever though? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, I, I want to watch all these movies like Leslie Nielsen is the protagonist, and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah. But Family Plan is okay. a real movie, and apparently it's on DVD, and uh, we can buy it alongside the Rent a Kid VHS, which never made it to DVD. I don't think it did not. Nobody, nobody ever allowed that to be pressed on a sweet, sweet digital disc. variable disc. Yo, yeah. lays oh. Laser disc. God, if if only I would buy a laser disc player just for that. Weren't those those giant CDs? Oh, dude, there were there were the rec gold records. Yeah, yeah, that were yeah. You like yeah. You you'd have to go up and change the side every every few scenes. I loved. I lo oh God, bless technology. When I was doing uh, when I was doing long road trips and everything, you'd like be listening to you know cassette tape books on tape. Oh yeah, and it and it'd be like this like really really dramatic moment you'd be with your family and it'd be like you know uh david said to jennifer i want to flip side b you know like <laughs> <laughs> it was like what the fuck what just happened you know and then you flip it and it's just like it breaks down in the middle of the conversation yeah it's like yeah flip to side b and i was just uh my god i i remember that like it was yesterday but yeah the new dvds used to make you do that as well yeah that was another thing yeah they used to they used to hit the pause and they used to make you flip over dvds and uh you switch to the new dvd disc and that kind of thing so what a pain it, in the it's ass. yeah what a pain in the ass that was awful i would like to let you guys know that i found something speaking of rent a kid though no good uh, work. <laughs> it is actually on youtube the whole thing in its entirety oh Oh, we don't have the uh, like opportunity to uh, be kind and rewind. No, I don't think so. Uh, That's it's fine. Hour, That's yeah, fine. I'm fine with that. It's an hour and twenty five minutes. I think that so Brandon and I have been talking about doing movie reviews. I think that we all need to just get together and watch this thing together. Yep. I don't think there's I, any I way would, around. I would it. love that. Yeah. I, I think that that would be uh, a highlight. Yeah. Of my life. I, I absolutely yeah. agree. I don't think there's any way around it. So, Carl, That's have fair. you seen the other uh, movies we've we've talked about possibly reviewing? Uh, Ten Men was that one of those bad boys? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I need to see Ten Men. I need to see. Uh, oh God, what was there was another one we were talking about? We were talking about Blank um, Check, but that's that blank, was the last Blank episode. Check. Oh, <laughs> you know, I love. You know, I love Blank Check. It's oh, like yeah. so classic, much. man. It's a creepy movie, yeah. but it's a good, it's a good movie. It's a, it's a, it's a good creepy movie. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then do we, do we throw Richie Rich in there? Like, oh, yeah. you know, weird CG, like fine dad, fighting dad, like that kind of thing. My, no. my sister brought up a really good point. Speaking of all that, 
Um, what the hell is with the giant Mount Rushmore as statue that is carved with a massive laser beam that could kill people? <laughs> oh no, that's that's the coup de gras, man. Like that's the that's the ultimate moment of that movie. I mean, like you want to have the giant mountain hideout that's in the in your carved face right i mean right that's just a dream right yeah yeah <laughs> i would say that's that's a hundred percent my dream i want that to happen i mean if i des- if i develop the laser you know to cut that which also i want them to be like cheapening the whole idea of the people who actually carve mount rushmore right by like dumping that giant ass laser <laughs> But the, wherever, yeah. The problem with that laser was the fact that it just blew shit to goddamn pieces. It didn't really like carve. Was there a was there a <laughs> dial on it or something? Yes, like they the, just like, completely missed the boat on. Well, they like dialed up the pressure every time to like maximum, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know. It was just a weird concept. The one of the best lines of that, actually, the best line of that whole movie is whenever they're messing around with that damn laser and they blow the nose off of the the wife. I can't even remember her name. Regina, I think. Regina Rich? That sounds right. That um, sounds right. She, she throws, and she's like in the mouth of Richie, I believe, something like that, on the statue itself. And she screams out whenever the nose gets blown, blown off that she looks like Michael Jackson. I mean, <laughs> talk, talk about a timeless oh, line. Yeah, that... That is uh that is pointed. I that definitely like marks the date for when that was made. But still relevant somehow. It, no, absolutely. I mean, like that was a benchmark, you know? Yeah. So I like that a lot. For sure. Yeah. I would watch Richie Rich again and blank check in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think we need to probably review all these again. No, oh, good you lord. Know what movie came out uh the same weekend as Blank Check? Oh, no. What movie? Or roughly around that time uh, was uh, Ace Ventura. Oh yeah, oh, that was that, another year. Uh, the the year of movies, man. What was that ninety four? Yeah, ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah. What? So, is there a hot take on uh, Ace Ventura versus Ace Ventura when nature calls? Man, I actually like the second one better than the first one. That's fair. That's fair. My I mean, take, like, it, yeah. What's what's going on? What do you think? I don't really well, care. It, I don't really care for either of those movies, to be honest with you. Oh God, I wouldn't. Yeah. No, just the, not my type of humor, nature, honestly. When nature calls, really sets the tone from the very beginning. When he's flipping the jeep, and then uh, uh, he's messing around in the projector room with the IO silver, and then the Monopoly guy. It's just there's just so many moments, especially when he's trying to get his way out of the robotic uh, rhinoceros through the, that's the one everybody, everybody will remember the robotic rhinoceros and him trying to like fly his way out the ass. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yes. That movie. The family's you, crying. Oh, <laughs> so good. I mean, there Did are you, definitely parts of that movie. I think are, are those movies that I think are funny, but it's just as a whole, those are not my favorite movies. I, gotcha. I understand the, uh, the 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 goofy like hijinks and everything isn't for everybody but i would have at least thought that the original ace ventura with you know laces out dan in like fingles <laughs> eye horn like oh, yeah. that yeah that would have at least like resonated with you sports fans that's true without a doubt yeah there's definitely but a lot of that stuff in there for sure you want to you want to hear a little bit of trivia please the uh the person who played um not dan finkel but Ihorn the uh the lady sergeant, I guess, mm-hmm. the the person who was in charge of that investigation that ended up being the bad guy. 
Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, all you guys from 1994. Um, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she was actually, um, I believe, the same person that was in Stripes. Oh, oh man. And, and the same person who was the love interest in Blade Runner. So what a random cross section. If you want to talk about a career right yeah. there, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Arc. Yeah. And like, that was probably her last thing before. Like what I imagine is just nothing but Hallmark movies, but for sure, you know, whenever she, yeah. uh, the great Sambino first joined the baseball show, he had this weird obsession with bringing up the movie operation Dumbo drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, like if you're going to gravitate towards a film, it's going to be like, you know, Operation Dumbo Drop or like Mighty Joe Young or some other right. esoteric <laughs> Mighty Joe Young. movie. My favorite was though yeah. watching him try to weave it into a baseball conversation. That's that's the real art. That is an art. He can do it too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, he he did for sure. There's there's lots of those movies. That was a weird time because was that uh what was that? Oh, Dunstan checks in. The fucking mother- <laughs> there was just like a weird time where with it was Matt po- LeBlanc. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, that god, was with yeah. Matt LeBlanc, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There was just a weird Boy, time right right about then where they were just trying to get every animal in every movie they possibly could, it felt yep. like. But I mean like the the chimpanzee. Yeah. Like like top billing since the eighties. Oh yeah. Oh so he, he got himself I'm ready into for some- that again. For sure, he got himself into some hijinks. That's for sure. Yeah, As yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for that kind of mo- moment again. I'm kind of tired of like the Shaggy Dog, you know, like that kind of thing. Like I'm ready to see another, you know, big monkey movie. Yeah. <laughs> Mark that. I want to see some blogs on this. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that the remake of Dunstan Checks In should be right around <laughs> the corner. <laughs> Like that, like any which way but loose oh. or something, you know. Like, yeah. wasn't there a, se- a sequel of that? Yeah. Um, any which way you uh, can is that what it was called? Any which way you can, I think, is right. Yeah, that's correct. Solid place. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. We want to thank everyone for joining us. Carl, thank you for coming on. We've got to play the infamous drop because we just have to. Oh, yes, we do. Um, I, we were trying to find it on the board earlier at the very beginning, so we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. And But, of course, we found the Jimmy Midtown thing with no problem. So, oh, yeah. you know, in your honor. <laughs> it was an absolute thank classic. Me. A yeah, pleasure absolutely. having you as always, buddy. Thank you. We want to thank everyone for joining us for this edition of Since Blue Loud Radio. If you like what you hear, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends and family, and make sure to join us next week for another edition of Since Blue Loud Radio. <laughs>